all right, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Mostly Ghostly. Very cool, very cool. Uh, back again for a new season. It's been a little bit. I know you guys out there fiending for some Mostly Ghostly fixings. You had your Thanksgiving fixings. Now it's time. Actually, you had your Christmas fixings, too. Uh, truth be told, we are recording this before Christmas. You know what I mean? But you'll get it after. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Ray, how you doing over there? Good to, good to hear from you, man. Not bad. Good to hear from you. Like you said, been a while. It's been a bit. It's been, I think, like two months, maybe even more. Um, we've been out shooting uh, the new Wicked Hollows film for the Boombastic Films. Um, coming soon, you know, people on this show are involved. People that listen to this show should find interest within the realm. It's uh, based off of the Bridgewater Triangle, which is a little paranormal hotspot over in Massachusetts. And uh, we get down with it. You know what I mean? Me and Ray have talked about the Bridgewater Triangle probably ever since we ever first started talking about paranormal things. What don't you say, Ray? What do you think about that? Oh, yeah. We've had several conversations on it come up several times. I don't think we've ever done an episode yet. I think we've been waiting for the movie to kind of unravel that, but we will uh, definitely be tapping into that uh, as the, the release of the film comes about. So, very cool, but Ray, like I said, great to, great to, great to be in your presence again, Ray. Miss you. you know I mean? <laughs> it's a uh, it's a thing. It's a thing. But I know today we're going to tap into some darkness, some dark energy. Um, quite possibly the darkest of energies. I guess it's what you believe. Uh, some people might say this is the light energy. I don't know if I'd go that far, but, um, I've met some folks that would say these things. You know what I mean? But, uh, the devil, Satan, what a, what a heavy topic for the new season. What are we in season? What's it? Season five, I think maybe, maybe even season six. Who knows these things? Yeah, I'm going to go with five. Five, I like it. Very good, very good. Well, we like we said, we hope everybody had a good Hollywood uh, holiday season and uh, Happy New Year. Uh, it's always a good thing. But with that being said, we'll pop off into the old episode. So, Ray, you're way more well-versed in these things than I am. I'm still attempting to read the Bible one of these days. I've read pieces of it, but I want to really uh, lay it down and go through it. I know you've probably read it a few times. You're well-versed in it. And, uh, you know, as far as I, when it comes to my knowledge, the devil, of course, is, you know, the the opposite of God. You know, your God would be your positive energy. The devil would be the negative energy. I do know that uh, Satan was, uh, I believe, God's favorite angel, right? And then he was cast out of heaven because he kind of thought he was the big deal, right? In the Christian belief, at least. Uh, well, actually, at the time, he wasn't called Satan. Mm. He was called Lucifer, who was a bringer yeah. of light, the morning star. Yeah. yeah very, a man of many names, you know what I mean? You know, Bills of, you know, Beelzebub, of course, the Prince of Darkness, uh, Mestrofoles or something like that, Baphomet, Lord of the Flies, which I thought was just a, a book about children, the Antichrist, which is, I guess, the, the Antichrist is the devil, 
It's always I always assume the devil to be like um, um the antichrist to be almost like a spawn. The antichrist is the devil's version of Jesus Christ to tour like in regards to God, right? That's how it goes. Uh the antichrist depending upon which uh religion you're looking at, they're all different shoots of Christianity is the devil reincarnated in human form. Or the son of the devil. Sometimes it's seen either way, but hmm. yeah, the devil walking among us to draw us away from Christ. Also known as the father of lies, of course, and Moloch, the famous one. Um, you know, you know, the book of Ezekiel includes another biblical passage that Christians refer to as proof of the devil's existence. Uh, it uh, admonishes the greedy king of Tyre but also refers to the king as a cherub who was once in the garden of Eden. Um, they would also, they would say that he was the, the snake, right? In the garden of Eden that, that tricks Adam and Eve. Uh, the snake being the devil or being Satan is mm. something uh, later on that didn't happen till even in uh Judaic tradition that did not actually happen till a little while before the birth of the Christ. For a long while, it was not considered uh, given the name. wasn't given the name Satan. Yeah, yeah, you know it's. Uh, but it's overall the bad guy, so to speak, in the picture. Again, again, I guess it's all who you would ask. You know what I mean? Um, he's kind of like the principle of evil, independent f- from God. You know what I mean? An aspect of God because he was created, created the being turning evil. The fallen angel, you know what I mean, fell to heaven um, to symbolize human evil. Um, I've often heard people call, you know, humanity the devil, which is an interesting take and um, very interesting uh, with that one. I was watching a video recently of a guy who said, he, a, a pastor who said he died. And uh, when he when he seen God. God was like, you've been, you've been, you haven't been praising me. You know what I mean? And, uh, it was a big reflection for the pastor. He broke it down where, uh, self, which you do kind of, you'll see that, you know, where, where organized religion kind of goes away with a lot of people. It's, it's a man-made thing, you know, with man's kind of faulty. So, you know, that's how you get all these weird things. Like you'll have, you know, priests doing terrible things. You'll have just greedy people, you know, trying to get every penny they can get. It's all kind of falls into human, like the faultiness of mankind. I feel, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, uh, I'll agree. I think the, once it becomes an institution, mm-hmm. then the humanity takes over and, any institution is self-perpetuating. There's a hierarchy in it. There's power, et cetera. It just it has a tendency, at time, to one degree or another, become corrupt. Mm. And there's a problem within that. Um, Satan. There are several mentions in the Old Testament. I know one in Job, and there's one earlier than that. I don't know if it's in Numbers or not. Um, where. Um, he is sent from heaven down to confront somebody on a journey and challenge him. I know in Job, Satan is in God's court and there, and he's challenging God because he, uh, 
to test Job, saying that he's not faithful, or you put too much trust in. And in the old Hebrew, uh, the word wasn't really the same as we use it now. Uh, the first part of the word was a prefix equivalent to the, so it was the Satan. Hmm. Not, but not separate from that prefix thing, and it meant the adversary. And it was used a lot in the old Hebrew as a literary device to be able to tell a story. You, you would have God, and then he would have an adversary or someone, and then you introduce Job, and he's stuck between the two of them, and that tells you the moral story in it. And that's the original, what happened was later on in the translations, mm. um, they pulled Satan out of there and made it a name and gave it a separate identity. Uh, yeah. And because it was the adversary of God or what was opposite of God. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of beliefs don't even really consider him to be person as much as like a vibe, you know what I mean, of negativity, um, anything that comes with it. You know, and a slanderer, I know that it was, uh, you know, the devil, the word the devil in the Middle East, uh, Middle English devil, um, was kind of like a slanderer, you know, to slander. Um, so it's almost like just a name for evil deeds in a way is what I was going for. It was kind of like anything that dipped into the, uh, forbidden, or, you know, the negative realm or do, treating people badly was just like devil-like, you know. There's also, it's the, uh, and there are several belief systems that probably you're likely to find them in the East, um, where the ego is associated with Satan. Mm. Because, and it, it actually goes back to, um, if you want to take a look at the Garden of Eden, not that they take it from the Garden of Eden, but if you take a look at the snake and Adam and Eve, what Adam and Eve are doing when they eat the fruit of knowledge is there. That's the ego. They say, no, I'm determining what is right and wrong, not God. Mm. So now suddenly the ego is opposing God. And whenever we embrace the ego, we're, we're standing there saying, no, 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 no. I'm God's equal. I'm determining what's going to be. We're not surrendering, we're not following the will of, whichever way you want to put it. We're saying we're equal to and we're standing opposite of. And that all comes from the ego, the self-identity and manifesting it. And that pure ego is pure, can be pure evil. You know, I agree with that. You know, it's, uh, ego is, you know, it's one of the, it's one of the seven deadly sins, pride and such, you know what I mean? Um, so I definitely vibe with that a little bit. You know, the personification of evil found in a ver variety of cultures. Um, and it, it could be anything, you know, it could kind of just anything that represents evil in somebody's life. Now, when you said the Garden of Eve, Eden was, was the Adam and Eve story the first time that the devil was, or, or sort of the devil or the Satan was in the Bible, or was it in there? Did it come in before that? I, I'm not well versed in it. Uh, I don't, I don't know at what point it came in. Mm. Uh, at the, I can't pull it up right now in my head. Yeah, no worries. I believe it's in the beginning, right? Isn't Adam and Eve towards the beginning of the Bible? Oh, yes, definitely towards the beginning part. Uh, you're talking like the 
in the creation story in the first books. Now, does the Bible jump around, jump around, or is it just like a, a plays out like a story? Like, will it, will, will it have them and then come back to what exactly it was, or is it just kind of laid out? It's laid out, but there are contradictions. If you look at the, uh, Hebrew Bible, or you got the, all the Torahs, the first five books, you include everything in all the writings. It's a Tanakh. But, um, if you look at that, and there are several versions of creation. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get one one story supposedly told several different ways mm-hmm. and repeated. So the stories being written down over a period of time, originally being an oral tradition, and the oral tradition became slightly modified, and when written down, several versions were written, and they kept them. So you can read about creation one way, and then you read about it again. It's said again, but in a slightly different way, all in the same book. Yeah. So it can it can be confusing that way. You can also take it take a look at it as each one has a slightly different story it's trying to teach, which is why it was kept in there. Yeah, I know that he's you know pictured a lot as a dragon. You know, I've heard people talk about that. I've also heard people say that God was almost like a dragony type creature as well. Um, you know, the devil's more believable. The dragon, when we think of the dragon, you know, which people, you know, that's one of those things people say it's like the Bigfoot. You know what I mean? It's, uh, you know, they, every now and then they'll find the bones of a dragon. Well, what do you, what do you think about dragons? You know, is it just, this is just medieval movies or is, uh, we think there was dragons once upon a time? Um, I can see why, for instance, medieval people mm-hmm. or even before that might think there were dragons. Let's say they're building something or farming and they find these humongous bones in weird shapes. I mean, if, if you found a skull of a Tyrannosaurus, and you're in the Middle Ages, you're going to freak out. It's some strange, weird creature. So legends that already existed of dragons or flying creatures, that suddenly all of a sudden they're like, whoa, I found the head of a dragon. Or they could start the, start the stories at that point. It must have been, and the whole legend cranks up. But it's around the world, many cultures, and you can also take not only, um, well, the Wiccan has dragons, Many of the cultures, um, I think if you go over into the area of China, dragons are very prominent. They were good and bad. So there are many types, but, um, and a lot of them, whenever dragon is evil, and there are stories that associate it with the ego. Yeah. So the dra- even the dragon form connects with evil being ego, which I find rather interesting in several cultures. Yeah, I mean, the dragon, people use it for their logos and stuff on, on sports teams, you know what I mean? Because it has that prominent thing. Whenever I think of dragons and I'm, I think of dinosaurs and, you know, for a long time, I always would say, you know, when people would say, well, you know, with, the, with demons, it's almost like, like a, di- like you, some of the demons that you would kind of consider in a physical form would almost be, you know, especially definitely dragons. When you're talking about a dragon, at least what we know to be a dragon, when you, what we've came up with, 
It's a di- It's pretty much a dinosaur with wings, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I always found that very weird, you know. It's like a... And uh, another one of the, you know, the, the the dinosaurs is another one of those things that people always go to the Bible and say, you know, well, why, why aren't the, why aren't dra- uh, dinosaurs in the Bible? Because we have proof of them, you know what I mean? And it, it's an interesting theory and like uh, great discussion point. But uh, why do you think that the dinosaurs weren't in the Bible, right? Uh, well, the Bible came after the dinosaurs. Yeah. That's that's a good point. That they is- were they were on Earth. They were wiped out. Um, we know pretty much the only thing that survived were marsupials, uh, which are way before us, tiny little things. Uh, a lot of them living under the ground, etc. Mm. But what the Bible wants to do is say that can't be evolution. You know, evolution isn't real. It has to be uh, humanity got dropped here by God. So they will deny the dinosaurs because that uh, the dinosaurs speak of evolution. You know, they also, they've been saying recently that, you know, the dinosaurs that we're familiar with, you know, the reptilian looking with, you know, the the greenish, you know, leathery skin, um, that they were actually had feathers. Have you heard that theory? Some had feathers. The closest living relative now to dinosaurs are chickens. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I think they're chickens. They're a type of bird. I think it's chickens. That's quite a uh, yin and a yang to the food chain, right there. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's yeah. You're talking about payback. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, all those cavemen getting gobbled up got their revenge. Frances Farmer had her revenge. You know what I mean? Yep. But it's very interesting. Yeah, I was gonna say there's an interesting story because. Dragons show up everywhere. Um, they show up a form of them. They're not called a dragon, but the way it's described is sounds very much dragon-like. And I'm not sure the how the actual word translates because it's a Western native language. I'm familiar with the story, but it's often s- described as a dragon, even in Native American mm. uh, stories. And it's funny because the dragon itself now survives, and we see it quite often in life. Yeah. But it also goes back to a time where, uh, well, the, very quickly, the, the short version, uh, our relations in nature saw early humans, they were freezing, they didn't have fire, they didn't know what to do. So the different animals, which are our relations, decide, well, we're going to help them. And they know who places this fire up in a mountain, but it's guarded by this big, fearsome creature, which the description of fits pretty much a dragon. So a bunch of them go up there, and as they approach, the eagle can't get around it, and the bear is afraid of it. It's so big, and it's scary, mm-hmm. and it goes through all these different ones. So finally, the deer says, I'll go. And he says, no, no, you can't go. So they, the deer goes up there, and this dragon-like creature's puffs itself up and makes noise and is threatening. The deer just looks at it. Now, I don't know if you've looked in the eyes of a deer. Only very before I hit them. Yeah. They're soft, they're gentle, and Native American, they symbolize love. Yeah. And the deer looks at it, and it softens this dragon creature's heart, and it shrinks down and shrinks down and shrinks down and flies away. Now, Fox comes running in, 
grabs him uh, a stick with the end that's burning and goes running off to give it to man, mankind. Now, a spark flies off, burns a fox, the end of the fox's tail, and that's why when you see a fox, it always has that dark spot at the end of its tail. Yeah. And what the dragon did when it flew down, it shrank because of the love of the deer and became very, very small. And it flies around today. And you see the dragon when you see the dragon fly. That's true. And that's a native story that involves a dragon feature. It's kind of like they've had to adapt or evolve to uh, survive a little bit. And I it's, love that, it's love that overpowered the ego and the anger of the um, dragon creature. I assume, you know, in the medieval times, if you will, if there were these things as dragons, they would probably be sought after. You know, you, you, you want to be, you want to prove yourself to be a man or a woman. You want to, uh, you probably want to slay one of these things. So, um, you think that there was ever like, uh, you know, there's, you know, we have in modern time, we have situations where we have all these beautiful animals and such that are going extinct because, you know, elephant tusk, people want the tusk of an elephant or the fur of an animal, you know, and they just kind of slaughter them out. You think that there could ever been almost a, a complete mass genocide of dragons? I think that, uh, if you're considering you're going back to medieval or even a little bit before that, mm. how things were not as densely populated. The population obviously wasn't as big as it is now in the, in the billions upon billions. There would have been enough wild areas so something could have survived. And it could have been dragon-like or what people would have called the dragon. Even with the ties to like the devilish and the evil stuff would be reason to kind of want to kill them off. You know? And we're talking about a time when... This is pre-witch trials. Look how bad the witch trials were, you know what I mean? So, like, if they would have think that a certain species was, in fact, driven by evil, you know, I think it'd be very possible. Not even, just, like, when I was going, you know, show how tough you are to go slay a dragon, but I think even the religious groups um, would want to tear into these things as well. Well, if you're a population it's, uh, and you've got these large creatures that can kill you, and are a threat, mm. then you're going to assume this they're evil or le- or sent by the devil or evil. And if your major institution that governs you is linked to religion, mm-hmm. a form of church, they're going to manipulate or use it, and saying yes, these, this is this is sent by evil, this thing that kills and ravages, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So the noble knights are going to be given a quest to go out and kill this. And here comes all of your stories about knights slaying dragons. Yeah. Yeah, I I couldn't imagine them not thinking that dragons were a threat. You know what I mean? I assume a dragon would... The movies taught me they they have a a diet of people and farm animals. You know what I mean? Uh, When you're something like that size, I assume you you eat uh, quite a bit, you know. No, I think that also, if even if you had some that weren't necessarily carnivores, mm-hmm. were relatively peaceful, if they're scaring the crap out of people because of their size and the look of them, 
People react to fear by trying to destroy it or kill it. True. So it could have been the most, you could have something like a brontosaurus, which was a plant eater, and people would have figured a way to kill it because it's just too big and too scary. Yeah, I mean, that's a good, great point right there, you know what I mean? You know, to bring besides, up, yeah. I was going to say, besides not fitting into their uh, story of how things should be. Yeah, there's so much of that going on. You know, we often talk about just religions that have come and gone, that once once you get more people naysaying than believing it, uh, it's you it, you can just an, kind of annihilate that religion. You know, that's been some of the biggest talk with, like, the Bible is like who's to say it hasn't been tampered with throughout time? You know what I mean? Or who's to say it's what? Um, but it's very you know the, the people are all once somebody feels that their religion is the right religion, it's almost like more so back then probably just a quest to wipe it off the earth. You know what I mean? Make it like it never existed. Well, it it has been uh, a tradition. Well, sometimes. Changing what is there is done by mistake. A translation into a language, and they don't have an equivalent word, and they well-meaning, they try and put something out there, et cetera, et cetera. But you also, and I'll use one I'm familiar with, the Catholic Church, you had the Nicene Council that was around 300 years after the Christ. Mm -hmm. And you had something like 40, you had tons of different Gospels out there and different Christian groups competing. They got together. They decided, nope, these are the four. Everything else is blasphemy. We're going to destroy it. This is what you're going to believe. Yeah. Now, they, they found uh, they found other ones since then, which are rather interesting to read them. I mean, the basics are the same, but there are some very serious uh, changes here and there. But that continually goes on each time. There should be, if nobody changed anything, there should be one form of Christianity and that's it. But mm. there's not. Because everybody's got their own twist and someone's going to preach it different and say, no, you're wrong. So now you have Christians who don't get along with Christians, never mind with anybody else. Truth. So it's kind of uh, one person, there was an archbishop, I forgot what his name was, but he, he was very, very good. I remember a quote of his was, was he said that Religion is a very dangerous thing because it deals in absolutes. Mm. And that is true. That is true, yeah. I had a question for you. You know, the Satan's kind of known as the beast of the land, so to speak, you know, with the dragon. But I know that even in the Bible, I believe, there's the beast of the sea, right? The behemoth, yes. So what is that? Are they connected? Are they both? Are they both like the same devil energy if you will they're both the same devil energy they're both associated the earth mm. and the earth if you look at the kicked out of Eden Adam and Eve and their punishment is to go to earth so earth is the lower world it's the sinful world it's where they have to work and toil so things of the earth are not things of heaven yeah. and that's why you have uh, you know oh, no, that's of the flesh, or that's of the earth, and that's no good, and that's bad, and that's evil. So the beast being of the earth, or the beast uh, in Revelations, uh, you're talking about the behemoth in the ocean. Yes. Those are all evil. They're all associated with the earth, not with heaven, not with Eden, not with God. 
anything underwater creeps me out. You know what I mean? I know we've talked recently, uh, maybe last season, um, the vibe of like, you, you know, space. Like, I feel like the ocean is a lot like outer space. And, uh, I can, all I could think of is that was it as above is below or what was that saying? Yep. Yeah. Within, without, above, below. Yeah. So is that kind of uh, what, when you hear that what, and you think of the idea of space and the ocean being, you know, just a vast, almost it's own, it's a, it's a, it's a, like, it's a place where only certain things can live in. You know what I mean? Like a human can't go to the bottom of the ocean and live comfortably. He's going to have hard times. You know what I mean? The same way that he can't, you can't just send a human off into space and let him pop out without the suit on and not have issue. You know what I mean? What's your take on that? Where we're at? and as below, yeah, you're on Earth and the, the ocean's here, but of course the ocean ocean goes way deeper than you know land. So what's your what's your take on the as above as below thing with the space and the ocean? Do you have any tie, ties that you connect with that? Uh, not really. What I think people get hung up in sometimes is, and it was a later invention. The early scriptures don't actually say it mm-hmm. is the separation of heaven and earth um, that we shall have dominion over it's making the earth separate from God which if you're talking about the divine that's kind of impossible because if the divine created it it's a divine creation mm-hmm. and early scriptures talk about the essence of God or the energy of God in its in God's creation um, so I see above and below being one. It's just the outer dressing in the way we look at it with the mind where we see separation. We see duality, good and bad, above and below. This is just one. We've been taught and, part, and partly as a control mechanism because um, you're easier to control if you're taught something and you're giving your yes and no's and you know you'll be punished for doing this or you're going to be doing that only, uh, once you throw all that away, it's all, it's all one thing. It's all divine. The, the division above and below, that's all man made. I don't see any. So like the as above, so below, is that mainly supposed to mean like the way you kind of, the way things are on earth? Or maybe the way you act on Earth is kind of how you'll be treated in the afterlife. Is that kind of what they're going for? Um, it's ba- it gets down to the core of what we are. Okay. Really, and our actions. There are some beliefs that, yeah, they believe that once you once you pass into the afterlife, you stay the same. There's no automatic redemption. You don't automatically change into an angel mm. uh, and stuff. If you were a jerk in this plane, you're going to be a jerk in the next plane. But they also believe that what happens is you end up coming back here to try and sort it out. If there's all so, the- I was going to say, so you're, you're condemning yourself by your actions here now. You're bringing yourself back into this world until you straighten your butt out. True. Yeah. It's almost like uh, when you were saying the core of the being, it's almost like if you are kind of a dirt bag per, on the inside, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people try and fake the funk and be like, oh, I'm a good guy, but they're like bad news. You know what I mean? That it's almost like no matter what you, you need to be good at the core of yourself, because no matter what, 
whatever your core is will surface. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's it. You can't, it, whatever you are inside, you will be outside. Yeah. It, it will come out. You can't hide it forever. Now, was the, de- the devil, or Lucifer rather, was uh, the, the label of God's favorite. Is that true? That's like, that's a real thing or that in my head? Um, uh, I don't know what point that was added in there. Okay. Yeah. Cause I always said like, yeah, as we know, the devil was like, or Lucifer rather was like the right hand of God. And he kind of, I, I, I want it like he had, I believe it was like the, yeah, he started to hate humanity. Right. Because like he was a higher being and he thought that. You know, God was kind of giving it all to the humans, and why should they? We're angels, we're way superior than them. And then he started to develop the God complex thing, where it's like, well, you know, he's no different than me type deal, you know what I mean? And then he started to what caused ruckus within the kingdom of God and maybe get people to rally on his side, so he was tossed tossed out, or what, what, you know what the actual, like, timeline of that stuff is, or what, like, what kind of what kind of caused him to get tossed out of heaven? Uh, supposedly uh, collecting other angels that he turned and lead a rebellion because he wanted basically to rule heaven and earth. He did. Well, I mean, he, he gave him earth. He gave him earth. To, that's the weird thing about the earth thing is, you know, you know, people say that whenever something bad happens, they always go, oh, they blame God. And it's like, oh, he made the, he let this happen or he made this happen. And people often forget the negative energy. You know, it's like, you almost got to look at it like, yeah, but look at the good that happens. And it's like, it's a weird, it's a yin and a yang of life. You know what I mean? And it's like, who's to say, it reminds me kind of like that picture of, um, there's that famous picture of footprints or something like that, where, it's like, it's two, two, you know, two footprints, two people walking in the sand. And then it's just one people, one foot set of footprints. And the guys like, or the girls like, you know, why, why did you leave me uh, to walk on my own? And he said, no, that's when I carried you. I'm sure you know that, right? Yeah. That could just be made for the picture. I don't know if that's even reality. Is that like based in any type of reality or? Um, I don't know. I, w- I was thinking about the, there's a story. Um, there's a Hebrew story where there's a man before God, and he's he's talking to God, and he's saying he's talking all about you know there's this pain, there's suffering, there's all this on earth and stuff like that. You know, what are you going to do about it? And God turns on and says, "That's why I sent you." Yeah. I like that. You know, in, in the whole regards of him, the devil being tossed out to take that, that route on it. Like, after, I wonder what his, once he's down here, cause he'll never kind of be ba- bigger than God. You know what I mean? So like, I wonder, I've often thought, I wondered if there was a, uh, if the end of it was like, if, if, you know, mercy you know we hear a lot of mercy in religion and it's almost like if there was like if god almost if he ever would want if he ever would want forgiveness for the way he acted everybody makes mistakes you know what i'm saying it's a very human element it's adding like a very human element to the story 
where it's like, you're not going to live up to it. You might have had your time in the sun where you thought you were a big deal, but you know, you were proven that you're, 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 you're one of many, if you will. There's nothing really special about you. I often wonder if the devil ever had a regret, you know what I mean? Or like, a, you know, maybe I shouldn't have. I know that he, you know, the energy of it, you'd have to take him for complete, I guess, he'd be bitter and, you know, hateful and stuff. So it wouldn't be. But we all know that, like, you know, First Testament God is very, he's got the wrath. It's like a don't, don't cross that line, brother. You know what I mean? It's like you cross that line. It's going to be an issue, you know what I mean? And then kind of Second Testament or the New Testament came in and it was more more of a loving God, so to speak. You know, forgiveness came into the fray and stuff like that. And it's almost like a weird thing. I think I've said this on the show before. It's like if there was ever like a reconciliation, you know, if there was ever like a, a forgiveness, like I wonder where the world would be. You know what I mean? But then, you know, the devil's supposedly a trickster, so he really can't be believed, you know what I mean? But we also have to accept the fact that, uh, get rid of our ego and accept the fact that we're already forgiven. There you go. There are some old writings, um, some, oh, several thousand years old, that the church banned, the, and probably banned, and I'll go back to a control factor yeah in that uh at the end times everyone including satan is forgiven yeah and they they don't want that no 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 they don't want they they don't want everybody being forgiven because then uh the punishment of hell doesn't mean anything also puts puts a responsibility on you to be good not because you're going to hell, because you are good. It also kind of wipes out the whole, if everybody's forgiven in the end, it kind of wipes out that whole, I'm better than you attitude, I think. You know what I mean? It's like, well, if I lived this life, my whole, my entire life praising, you know, and then for in the end, for everything to kind of go back. I think a lot of religious people kind of would have, have issue with, um, you know, you often hear about like a serial killer who will be like on death row and they, you know, they killed a bunch of people, did some really evil shit. But by the end of it, they're like, they have a change of heart and they ask, you know, they, they cry out, they ask to be forgiven. They maybe do the sinner's prayer or whatever, you, whatever have you. And like they, because of that, they're kind of cleaned of all their sin. And I think, I think. I can't say for sure, but I feel like there's probably some ill will towards that thought, that idea of, well, I, it was difficult for me to write, walk the righteous walk, so to speak. And then you have this person that just lived carelessly, not even carelessly, like horribly, you know, like did some of the worst things you could do, you know, stifled out life, which is the greatest gift. And uh, I think there's like a weird thing there. Well, that 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 again, that's that's what I would call the original sin, the sin of um, Adam and Eve, and the sin actually of Lucifer. That's mm. ego. Yeah, we're saying we're saying I walked a righteous life. How come this killer can con- confess and get pardoned? No, 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 no. I'm the righteous. That's all ego. That's sin. 
You're saying that God can't forgive that person because you're better than that person, and that's not fair. So you're being you're playing God. Yeah, I mean it's weird. The ego, ego, the the, the ego things always. I've grew up in the church, and the ego thing is one of the things that always kind of I thought was weird. Right next to the money thing, I guess you need money to keep it going. But like the whole thing with with like like when I was younger, man. Like if 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 it's different now, but we'll say like to keep it with the times right now, we'll have like a like a transgendered person. You know what I mean? Like if a trans, I feel like back in the day, you go back 20 years and a transgender, even probably nowadays with certain churches, if somebody that was transgender walked in before five minutes, there'll be somebody ushering them out of the building. You know what I mean? It's like, nah, not here. Now it's a little different, but there's always like that thing. And it's like, you just like, there's so much judgmental stuff within. Which is ego. I, I agree with you 110%. It goes right back to the ego thing. And it's like, who's who to say that somebody can't believe in God? Somebody can't be Christian, Catholic, whatever. Like that ain't the decision. That ain't the choice of man to make. You know what I mean? It's like, if you're a pastor or whatever, your job, when you accept the job of being that, it's like you're to preach the word to the people, to sinners, to people. You know, to regular people, to, to sinners, to everybody, you know what I mean? That you can be forgiven, you know, it's a thing of love, you know what I mean? It's, it's always been, it's always been a weird deal where it was almost kind of like an exclusive group type thing, you know what I mean? Um, but that always, yeah, the judging thing is always, I think there's a lot of pride and ego within that type of stuff. Um, but like I said, dude, I've often said humanity is the devil. It's not just an integrity album. It's a it's a real statement. You know, you kind of you want to think about what you, the majority of the time when you see evil unfold in your life or on the television or something, it's not it's not a, a horned a horned creature, you know, doing this to you, or it's not a god coming out of the sky doing this to you. It's fellow your fellow man. You know, wh- whether we're talking about serial killers, you know what I mean, talking about wars you know what i mean people dropping bombs and killing thousands of people you know what i mean um it's all man you know what i mean it's uh that's why i kind of fell fell away and just like you know i'm a believer as everybody should have a spiritual side you know and hopefully lean more towards the positive than the negative um but like that's it though and you should never like put you put your faith in a man even god tells you like don't trust man you know what I mean? He also does, don't be stupid. He's like, don't, you know, if you, you have an inner, inner, you know, voice and inner conscience for a reason, like go with your gut. Um, yeah, it's just very interesting that like sometimes you can look at the church or like look at like an organized religion type situation and be like, yeah, you don't really practice what you preach, which I think is like one of the biggest holdups for people wanting to get behind organized. The two biggest things why people don't want to get behind organized religion as much as the people I think that stray away or whatever. It's, it's that it's the judging thing. It's like, why are you acting like you're God? Why are you making the decisions like you're God? And I think that money thing is a big hold up for people. Granted. Yeah. You know, you need to, you need to definitely keep the lights on and stuff like that. But it's like, 
You know, there's no need for people to have to drive around in a $5 million jet. Like, and they call it a blessing, of course, but it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't quite know where I fall with the blessing thing of that. You know what I mean? Especially if they got congregation where the people aren't eating. Like I've been in churches where and I'm not tossing shit, but I've been on church. I've been in places where money, 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 money. And you look at the people giving the money and you're like, they going to be able to eat this week, but they're giving all their money. You know what I mean? And I think that's kind of a weird vibe. But uh, do you think the church is uh, the devil is in the church? You think it's made its way? I mean, it has to. Have. I mean, you see the terrible things with like the priest situation, the greed. He's definitely infiltrated the system. You agree? As long as humans are part of the system, yeah, yes, yeah. And I'm I mean, not taking a shot at God or anything because I, I I love God and I, I definitely am for the positive light, like for sure. But it's unfortunate. The man-made thing, it's just, been, it's been corrupted like anything can. But he, you know, I think you're told to, you know, you're told to watch out for these things. He even tells you that there's going to be trickery. You know, there's going to be people trying to trick you. There's going to be high up people in these positions that you would think, of, oh, they can't be corrupted. Very easy for for a, hum, a human to be corrupted. They're gonna have a bad day. They have a, a string of bad days, and especially these higher up ones that have that are kind of like you know rock stars within religion. You know what I mean? We don't gotta throw out names, but like you know, all the ones that write all the books and have all those websites and podcasts and TV shows and stuff like that. It's like. I think the higher up you, the more extravagant your life is, you know, when you're driving a $5 million jet around, I think that, uh, I'm not saying you're, you've been corrupted by it, but I definitely think that maybe the, that money, the priorities aren't quite lining up. You know what I mean? Like that $5 million, you could have went, first of all, you could have got a way cheaper jet. And then second of all, you know, why don't you put it back into the streets and, you know, fucking house the homeless, feed the homeless. You know, there's kids living on the street, starving to death. It's like, move with love. You know, make these, show these people that you, you better their lives. You know, be in the physical, better their lives, and let them know that they're you're doing it through God, so to speak. You know what I mean? Or God's doing it through you. I think that's. I've always thought that'd be just a better way to. You know, you really want to get your point across. Like nobody wants to see when you're driving around in a five million dollar jet, you're you're flashing like like a rapper or something. You're showing off like a rapper. It's like, nah, you're not it's so weird. It's such a and I know the defense is blessing and it's like, oh well, I do all these good things. I should be blessed like this. And it's like Yeah, but they it's like your possessions are owning you at that point, you know, that don't let you own the possessions, don't let them own you type deal. And it's just like, damn. Like, there's no need for, even if you think, even if they're coming from a point of view of, like, safety or, oh, somebody might want to kill me or something, it's like, you know, you're you're faithful, you're not afraid to die, don't be worried about getting on a plane with regular people, you know, whether you think that your pilot is going to be a better pilot, that the plane won't go down, or you're worried about sitting next to somebody that doesn't agree with you. I mean, this day and age, yeah, the person doesn't agree with you will kill you if they're crazy enough. 
But it's like, aren't you ready? Aren't you kind of, haven't you been waiting for this? Isn't, aren't you going to a better place than this earth to begin with? You know, it's a weird, it's just a kind of a weird dynamic, I feel. I would say, uh, the one thing is that to do is be able to distinguish between the people, the institution, and the teachings. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some excellent teachings out there, and there are things that, if you study them, uh, can help you on your path. There are also within these institutions some uh, very good people. They're not all flying around in jets, and they're not all taking advantage of other people or suppressing people. I'm, from personal experience, I served for about five years on an interfaith council, and the collection of churches that came together, mm-hmm. and it, this included a mosque, a temple, and there were d- different Christian ones. I mean, this was wide open yeah. to bring everybody together. And we used to have discussions. And one thing where, where it goes back to the e- ego, before I get to the main point of the good people, is that we had one, why do bad things happen to good people? Mm. Well, if you build one thing that came up during that conversation is if you build a house on a floodplain and it gets flooded, don't blame God. You chose the floodplain to build your house. Take some responsibility. Mm. But the ego aside said, I screwed that one up. It's not God's fault. Because this place always floods. But getting back to good people is we ran a food kitchen out of one of the churches. We rotated around where people could come and didn't have food. We had a place where people could go and they could get uh, clothes, they could bring food home, we gave away turkeys and meals at Thanksgiving and Christmas, and they were very, very community orientated. You didn't have to come to church to receive anything. Mm. All you had to do was be needy. We hoped that maybe, you know, if you saw something you liked, pick one of these churches or one of these faith systems, because you had, you know, four or five of them to choose from. Yeah. But if not, that's all right. Take your meal and take your winter coat and go in peace. So there are good people that work within those systems, those institutions. And the teachings that are the base of those institutions, no matter how they've been twisted around now, if you go back to the original teachings, are good yeah. in most of them. But what they become, well, some of them, I don't know. I've got questions. Yeah, I was telling my mom, you know, be careful. Even the bigger ones, you got to be careful of, you know. Now, to kind of go with that deal, it's like the Gnostics, kind. they believe the idea that the material world is inherently evil. You know, one true God is remote beyond the material universe. Therefore, the universe must be governed by an inferior imposter deity. Uh, The deity was identified with the deity of the Old Testament by some sects, such as the Scythians, and uh, Marcion's um, Tertullian accuses Marcion uh, of Sinop, you know, that he that held that. You know, the Old Testament was a scandal to to the faithful, they say, and accounted for it by uh, postulating that Jehovah was a second deity, uh, the Domingueros, who was God in a sense, but not the supreme God. He was just rigidly just, uh, he had his good qualities, but he was not the good God. You know, this goes back into the deal of multiple God things, which 
I don't know. I mean, it's a deal. You talk about all the, the different religions, you know what I mean? It's like, I personally think that there's one God and all these religions uh, just have different names for them. You know what I mean? But it's all one kind of energy. What's your, what do you, what do you, what's your thoughts on there being multiple gods? Uh, well, going back to the Gnostic thing, yeah, they do believe that the ones we see now are false gods. They stop us from reaching out to the one overall true God. And we've created, we've created those things. The Gnostics also believe there's a spark of the original one true God in each one of us. And there's an old Gnostic saying is be careful because if you reach out for God, God will reach back to you. That's just like, you might be getting more than you bargained for there. <laughs> That's funny. That's just like, it's the flip of like it, the same thing with the abyss, that line about the abyss. Be careful staring into the abyss because something's staring back at you or whatever. Or, well, also, I think it was Nitschke who said, uh, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name. He says, when you fight monsters, be careful you don't become one. Yeah, it's true. That's another, that's another one there. As far as multiple gods, uh, there are hints even in, in some of the he- original Hebrew scriptures when they're talking about, uh, because again, they sometimes change it in translations over years. But yeah. if you look in the old ones, you know, we created man in our image. There's the use of the plural. Mm. It's not I created man. We, in the old translation, is we created man in our image. So it's more of a collective. Yeah. So it's, it's very interesting there. Do I believe that there is one source of everything beyond our interpretations, our small-mindedness, our ego and everything? Yes. Are we linked to it? We have to be. It's what we came from. And it's what we go back to. We just have to try and realize it and behave accordingly. We'll realize it in this lifetime. You know, you know the, the Deuterocanon, uh, in the Book of Wisdom, the devil is represented as the one who brought death into the world. Um, I don't know. I mean, death is just kind of, since the beginning of life, there was death. You know what I mean? Um, the second book of Enoch, which the Eno- book of Enoch is a book that was pulled out of the Bible, right? Yep. I got to get my hands on that because I've, uh, I've heard a lot of interesting things. But the second book of Enoch contains references to a watcher called Satanil, uh, describing him as the prince of the Grigori who was cast out of heaven, which is, you know, Satanus and an evil spirit who knew the difference between what was righteous and sinful. It's almost like the ch- like Satan's the choice, it's free will. You know, you have free will to be able to do this bad thing or the good thing, and which you know the opportunity. It's almost like opportunity, like Satan is opportunity. You know what I mean? In the Book of Jubilee, a Satan rules over a host of angels, Mastema, who induce God to test Abraham through the sacrifice of Isaac. Uh, it's identical with Satan in both name and nature. The Book of Enoch contains references to uh, Sethariel, uh, thought also to be Sataniel and Satanol. Sataniel is like they're trying to give Satan like a more human name, which kind of is comedic. The, sim- <laughs> the similar spelling mirror that the angelic brethren, Michael, Raphael, Ariel, and Gabriel, previous to his expulsion from heaven. So are those, are those the ones, the angels that he got on his side? Because Mike Michael was what Archangel Michael wasn't he like the 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 god of or like whatever the angel of war or something like that? 
Uh, no, Michael's a good guy. He fights evil. And he is he was supposed to, is he one of the ones that did, did it ever list which angels kind of partnered up with Lucifer? Does it go into that in the Bible? Uh, Michael is one of those that uh, led the angels that cast Lucifer out. Okay. No, Raphael. Oh, that's another one. That's a healer. Okay, Raphael's a healer. Uh, Ariel. I uh, don't know what the role is, but that's another good archangel. And then Gabriel, of course. Yep, that's another good good guy. Yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, that's very interesting stuff. You know, we got also the Catharicism, eighteenth century in Europe. The Cathars, who are rooted in Gnosticism, dealt with the problem of evil and developed ideas of dualism and demonology. The Cathars were seen as a serious potential challenge to the Catholic Church, so they probably had to go. Cathars split into two camps. The first is absolute dualism, which held that evil was completely separate from the good God. And why well, I assume it would be completely separate because God's supposed to be perfect without blemish. And that God and the devil each had power. I mean, I'd get down with that. A second camp is uh, mitigated dualism, which considers Lucifer to be a son of God and a brother to Christ. To explain this, they use the parable of the prodigal son. Um, and cr- with Christ as the good son and Lucifer as the son that strayed into evilness. Uh, Catholic Church responds to dualism in A.D. 1215 in the Fourth Letarian Council, saying that God created everything from nothing, and the devil was good when he was created. But he made himself bad by his own free will. There you go, the free will deal. In the Gospel of the Secret Supper, Lucifer, just as in prior agnostic systems, appears as a demurge who created the material world. That's an interesting thing, too, because you have, like, all these different angels do different things. And, you know, the devil would, was the one almost in charge of creating Earth, which is w- interesting. You know what I mean? It's, it's interesting that you have a lot of uh, variations, particularly on Christianity, where they condemn, like, Wicca and different what they see as primitive religions and call it all demonic. But all of this that you're reading relates to doing the same thing that they did. In other words, this angel or this God, depending upon where you're looking, had these duties, and this one had these duties, and this one represents this, and this one represents that. And it's it's like they're paralleling some of the things that other religions and things that they condemn. They're doing the same things themselves, putting all these attributes in different areas and assigning it to different deities and different entities. And originally, if you go way back and you're looking at the devil, etc., and you go to the earliest translations in Paleo-Hebrew, because it coming out of there, the definition of God is the everything. Mm-hmm. So it's very simple. God is everything. We people... <laughs> we complicated it because we try to make it understandable and we try and we build stories around it and we give attributes that we do what we think will help instead of saying it's just everything and that's going to include us. Yeah. And we don't like, it, we don't like that because that's some responsibility you're putting on yourself when you accept it. That's true. You know what I mean? 
if you are God, you aren't going to go out there and be a child beater. Right. Uh, in Islam, the principle of evil is expressed by two terms referring to the same entity, shaitan, which is very close to Satan, meaning a stray, uh, a stray or distant or devil. Uh, and Iblis, Iblis is the proper name of the devil representing the characteristics of evil. Iblis is mentioned in the Quranic narrative about the creation of humanity. When God created Adam, he ordered the angels to prostrate themselves before him. Prostrate, what's that mean? Uh, oh, that's, that's when you get down and you bow down to them and you know, actually prostrate is the extreme where you're going to lie down in front of them. Hmm. Uh, is that why you think that they do the, I know when the, when the, when the, when the Muslims pray, I think I said that correctly, Muslims, they do the, they lay down, they do, uh, I think three or four, what, three or four times a day and they, you, they lay down on a mat, if I remember correctly. Uh, they kneel down and then they, they go forward and put their arms out and they get down completely as close as they can. Um, they do it and they also have to face Mecca when yeah. they do it. But uh, so when God created Adam, He ordered the angels to prostrate them, prostrate. We can't say prostrate, uh, prostrate themselves before Him. All did, but Iblis. He refused and claimed to be superior to Adam uh, out of pride. There's that pride thing again. Therefore, pride, but also envy, became a sign of unbelief in Islam. Therefore, Iblis was condemned to hell. But God granted him request to lead humanity astray. That's very interesting. I mean, I don't know much about that religion, but I think that's very interesting that he granted him the, the acts, the request to lead humanity astray. I guess it goes to that free will thing again. Knowing the righteous would resist, uh, attempts to misguide them in Islam. You know, the misguiding has got very, uh, advanced and later in life, both good and evil are ultimately created by God. But since God is good, the evil in this world must part of God's plan. Actually, God allowed the devil to seduce humanity. Uh, evil and suffering are regarded as a test or a chance to prove confidence in God. Some philosophers and mystics emphasize uh, Iblis himself as a role model of confidence in God, because God ordered the angels to prostrate themselves, Iblis was forced to choose between God's command and God's will, not to praise someone else than God. Uh, he successfully passed the test, yet his disobedience caused the punishment and therefore suffering. However, he stays patient and is rewarded in the end. Interesting. So, an end times... In Islam, even the devil, Iblis, will be redeemed. Now, will they have to ask for forgive? Will he have to ask for forgiveness, or is he just redeemed because it's the end of this end of it? I don't know, but that that sacred scripture says yes. Even in the end, he was doing God's work. So, very interesting. Very interesting. On the other hand, you know, Shaitan refers uh, unliterally to forces of evil, including the devil, Iblis. Then he causes mischief. Shaitan is also linked to humans' psychological nature, appearing in dreams, causing anger and interrupting the mental preparation for prayers. Furthermore, the term shaitan also refers to being who uh, follow the evil suggestion of Iblis. Furthermore, the principle of shaitan is in many ways a symbol of spiritual impurity representing humans' own deflects in contrast to a true Muslim who is free from anger, 
lust, and other devilish desires. Fair enough. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, it's very interesting stuff. You know what I mean? Yahweh, your boy Yahweh, the the God in pre-Azilic Judaism created both God, good and evil, as stated in Isaiah 45, 7, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. The devil does not exist in Jewish scriptures. However, the influence of Zaraturanism during the Akinind Empire introduced evil as a separate principle into the Jewish belief system, which gradually exterminalized the opposition until the Hebrew term Satan developed into the specific type of supernatural entity, changing the monolistic view of Judaism into a dualistic one. Later, Rabbinic Judaism rejected the uh, Enochian books. I got to get my hand on these Enoch books, man. Written during the Second Temple period under the Persian influence, which depicted the devil as an independent force of evil besides God. After the apocalyptic period, references to Satan in the Tanakh are though to be allegorical. That's Judaism's deal. You know what I mean? Yep, it all started with one. No duality, no evil. What's your take on good and evil comes from God? You think that's true? I think that evil is pretty much a human invention. Yeah. It's an invention of the ego. It's also... If you take something like Satan, that's an excuse that somebody we can blame for things that we do that are not right. So we're not taking responsibility. Mm. If we can get rid of the ego and we find that without the ego, we are in alignment with the divine and find our own, that spark of the divine in ourselves, and as I said before, it's a great responsibility on how we live, then there, then we find that there is no evil, in, uh, there is no evil inside of us anymore. Mm-hmm. And it won't be in the world if we all live that way. We created it. We have to get rid of it. Yeah, I agree with that. And you're, the seven deadly sins are, you got to take the moral high ground and stay away from them in order to uh, keep clean. Tricky. Tricky biz. Tricky biz for sure. But yeah, the devil, the devil definitely is uh, is some tricky stuff. Now, the devil in hell, you know, perhaps the most lasting images of the devil are associated with hell, you know, which the Bible refers to as a place of everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Still, the Bible doesn't state the devil will reign over hell, just that he'll eventually be banished there. So he's not at, the Bible talks about him not actually be, because I know hell's not really brought up too, too much, I think, in the Bible. We've had a few guests on that like to talk, you know, theor- they have theories that hell's not a real place. I think it is, but... The idea that the devil governs hell may have come from the poem by Dante, and Dante's Inferno there, right? The Divine Comedy, published in the early 14th century, 
In it, God created hell when he threw the devil and his demons out of heaven and such with such power that they created an enormous hole in the center of the earth. It's kind of interesting because we all know that the center of the earth is fire. You know what I mean? Um, and I think the Bible was talking about that and religion was talking about it being the center being fire before scientifically we got down deep down in there and realized that it was fire. If it, you know, if it is fire, you know what I mean? Who, who's to say any of this? But, um, yeah, it's very interesting that like, uh, you know, the, that he, he's not a, he doesn't run it, so to speak. That's an interesting take on it. That he's more of, um, he'll end up there himself one day, you know, eventually, which is kind of scary, you know. Of course, you know, the devil, uh, what the devil looks like is always up for debate. You know what I mean? We talk about the horns, which I think is more fairy tale like, you know, they go back to the Dante's Inferno thing. There's different levels to the hell in that, right? Depending on how bad you are. You have, oh, yeah. Yeah. Very tricky. Yeah. So I, it, the, the first level, I don't have it with me, but I, be, you know, do you know the levels and how many levels there are by engines? Uh, no, I did once, but that was probably 40, 50 years ago when I was familiar with it. I don't, can't recall it. Are we talking, uh, if from memory maybe, are we talking it's more that's, it's just like hundreds of levels or is it more like, you know, 10, 10 and under? Do you remember that part? Yeah, I, I go with a dozen or maybe 10, something, something like that. Okay. I wonder if the, what the first level is, if it's, you know, I assume the bottom level is for the really bad people. That's where you got the burning fire and stuff. I wonder, you know, if it's a little less an inconvenience, like the first level is maybe just an inconvenience. You know, maybe it's, it's, it's humanity. It's, it's living life type deal. But, uh, yeah, he, you know, Dante portrayed in the, you know, to go back to Dante the Inferno, the devil as a grotesque winged creature. With three faces, each chewing on a devious center. Um, which where where does the whole thing of multiple heads come into play? Because you see multiple heads, multiple faces a lot. Is that just supposed to be a trickery thing? Where you know you can talk that one face will show you something, and the other one's completely different. What do you what's your take on that? I think it kind of parallels the fake faces people have that they put uh, up in different situations. And it's just the devil doing the same thing. He's going to look sweet, and then you're going to, once he's got you trapped, he's going to turn around, and that demonic face is going to be there going, ha-ha, gotcha. Yeah. You know, grotesque winged creature with three faces. Uh, the wings blew freezing cold winds throughout Hell's Domain, which is kind of, from what I heard about Hell, that would kind of be a good thing, because typically you're supposed to be burning on fire for eternity and, uh, that you never get used to the flame. You know, there's not enough scar tissue to get used to that flame. The Bible doesn't describe the devil in detail. Uh, early artistic interpretations of the divine comedy featuring shocking images of the devil and his demons inflicting almost unimaginable human suffering, only emboldened by people's thoughts about hell and the devil. I really think, you know, we, we've talked about the devil to be a beautiful he's in the bible i believe he's described as being beautiful you know what i mean like a beautiful woman or something like that which is uh it'd be more you know scarier to think of this three-headed devil definitely scarier and a fearful thing but if you were to think I, for what for trickery 
I definitely vibe with him approaching like somebody, you know, a very handsome man or a very beautiful woman type deal, you know? Well, there is a saying that the devil was, will come as everything that's beautiful and everything you want. Yeah. You see the scary later on. Yeah. You know, and by the end of the Middle Ages, the devil had taken on the appearance of the horned, a trident where a wielding figure with the hooves for feet and the long tail, an image that was endured through modern times. Yeah, I, um, the who, I mean, I assume that half animal, half human type vibe that it turns into here, um, it's like bestiality type deal. You know, maybe they had a big bestiality issue back then, and they were like, you got to stop. you got to stop with that because you're creating devils up in here. Um, it, could all, it could also be a way of condemning other belief systems. If you go back to, like, ancient Greek and some of the ones there, some of their deities, uh, some of them they were part animal and part human. Yeah. Or sometimes a god would come down the to Earth. Farm weren't very What? Oh, I heard it. Yeah, something started rolling out, but I got. Don't worry, I took care of it. We oh. had a glitch. We had a weird glitch. So, but I took care of it quickly. The devil was trying to mess with our show, Ray. But he I didn't like the way he didn't like the way it was going. The way we we're putting him down here. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But basically, yeah, you, you take like a minotaur and all these other different things and the easiest thing to do for the church is to make them into make a devil look like them so that no one is interested in that older religion. Yeah. Truth. I know we brought up the witches and the the, the witch trials earlier. Uh, they got some ties too, you know, of course. You know, the, the fear of the devil is at least partially, if not, I think a whole bunch responsible for the witch, uh, witchcraft hysteria of the Europe and New England in the 16th century. In the 17th century, Protestants and Catholics alike accused many people of practicing witchcraft and making deals with the devil. The Puritans living in New England, it's kind of native to us, early colonies were petrified of the devil. They believed that he gave powers to witches who were faithful to him. Uh, this fear gave rise to the infamous Salem witch trials in Salem, Massachusetts. You know what I mean? So we'll always have that. That's our, uh, that's our, our big bread and butter over there. The Puritans, uh, strict lifestyle, their fear of outsiders and their terror of so-called devil's magic led them to accuse at least 200 people of witchcraft between 1692 and 1693. 20 of the accused were executed. You always, I always kind of, I think there's more. I always kind of think that there's a lot more to it. It's just a horrifying thing to begin with. But you always think that there's more. When you think of the witch trials, I always assume we're talking thousands of people, like a, like a Holocaust type deal, you know what I mean? But 20s, you know, it's definitely not a good thing, but it's a way smaller number than I think your typical person would think of when they think of the witch trials, you know? Well, when you're talking about 200 accused and 20 executed, of those 200, you got to whittle it down because someone not found guilty. Mm. The, those that were found guilty and repented, 
Some of them may have been simply banished, with at that time could be as good as a death sentence, because in the 1600s you were banished into the wilds, and you're trying to survive on your own. Hope you run into some friendly natives. So there's a whole different thing before you get down to the actual 20 that were hung. And most were hung. But it also took place in England. It took place in Europe. And they used to burn people at the stake. And they used to throw them in the water, which I thought was ridiculous. Because if you sunk, you were innocent. So if you, if you sunk and died, you were innocent. If you floated, you were guilty. So they executed you. Crazy. That's a lose-lose. There's no win in that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man, it's scary. It's uh, it's the, the what people do when they're under some fear. When people are scared, there's no, there's no, no stop sign on the crazy things people will do when they're afraid. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. You know, there. Of course, you know, there's not not every religion kind of pushes away the devil. We of course have you know the Church of Satan. Um, who they don't wear, you know, as Satan, known as Satanists, don't worship the devil, but they embrace him as a symbol of atheism, pride, and liberty, among other things. Another type of Satanist, uh, theistic Satanists, worship the devil as a deity. They may practice satanic rituals or even make satanic pacts. So that's kind of uh, an interesting thing, right there, because you got um. You know, like the Church of Satan, you'll talk to some, I've, I've talked to people before. We, I talked to people, we, me and Ray talked to people all over and like the whole Church of Satan deal is they've kind of embraced him as a symbol where they're more like, you know, they don't have like atheism, like I said, and the pride and liberty. It's almost like a, like a, like a rebellious nature, you know, instead of like, you know, if, if, if Christianity was to teach you, you know, be good. You see somebody right there. You know, you got a hundred dollars in your pocket. They got one dollar bill in their pocket. Give them some money because they need to eat. Whereas in the other one would be, how about you just take their dollar bill? Now you have a hundred one dollars and that's better for you. You know what I mean? Um, and I think there's a line there between these two different, there's like those folks, the, the, the Satanists, there's kind of like, the Church of Satan folks, um, or they could be all tied up in the same thing, but I think there's one that's more like, do as thou wilt, you know what I mean? And I don't care about anybody else, but they're not like going out and killing people and stuff like that. But then I do think that there's an extra sect of it that are, they do the rituals, you know, sacrifice things, and just try to create as much negativity in the world type deal. Um, I do think that the, the the Church of Satan or the people that are Satanists, it's not so clean cut, you know what I mean? Much like anything, you know what I mean? What's your take on that? Um, I agree. I'm, I'm not sure which, but one of them basically, is I don't know what names they're using now, their proper names, mm. what they call themselves, but one of them is more hedonistic. It's basically, okay, live and do whatever you want. That includes you want to be a drunk, you get to be a drunk. You want to go out and be promiscuous with anybody you want, you go ahead and do it. And I mean, they're very much into pleasure. If you will, do it. Go ahead. Don't feel guilty. It's not a sin. It's not bad. You're given a body. Enjoy it. Yeah. And there are others that do it, uh, branches of Satanism, that do it to rebel against established religion. They do it to try and put down uh, religion, 
And there are those that do it because they believe that uh, there is a power in the devil and they can tap that to get what they want in this world. And that can also be control of other people and wealth. And they basically have no scruples in doing anything to run over other people and get what they want. Yeah. And they're using that devil worship to try and help them do that. That's where you come into rituals and opening up portals and trying to communicate with higher dark energies that would help set you on your path type deal. You make packs with them and stuff like that. Yeah, I, it's it's interesting that there's different realms to a Satanist lifestyle. You know what I mean? There's kind of a the first one, which is just kind of do as thou wilt, you know, it's, I think that it, it's almost like the closest to just regular, regular without, you know, like somebody that wasn't, doesn't go to church, you know, doesn't really care about any of it. You know, there's people that they just like, it's not that they hate God or love the devil or whatever. It's just like, I haven't seen proof of it. I got one life to live, you know, YOLO, you know what I mean? You only live once, you know what I mean? And uh, I think that there's like, that's the kind of surface of it is more of like, I who knows? So I'm just going to have fun. You know, I'm going to make my life as good as it has to be. If I have to cheat this person right here out of whatever, if I got to, it, it ain't, you know, exactly robbing, the, robbing the, their, their bank account, but it could be as easy as, hey, let me beat that person to that parking spot so I don't have to walk as far and they can walk a mile. I don't care about them. You know what I mean? Um, kind of like that vibe. But then, you know, you have the, the darker side of it, which is like we were saying is like praying to people that you're like, I want destruction. I want anguish. I want all these bad negative things. Um, and I want to be lifted up for it. Which I always thought was weird because one of the first things you're ever told is that the devil's a trickster. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that was the, whenever I see somebody that's very pushy, I mean, people can believe whatever they want to do. I people, I feel people, as long as you're not hurting anybody, man, do whatever you want to do. It's up to you. Go find your way. Um, but yeah, the people that like want that are like, there's people that want to hurt people. You know what I mean? There's people that want to bring chaos. And uh, I've always thought that was weird because I've known people throughout day my days um, that have been like, oh, yeah, you know, Satan's awesome and all this stuff and like blah, blah, bluey. And it's like, man, like, what are you trying? Like, what are you what are you pushing for? It's like you're going you're trying. It's like just because I remember when I was a kid, I used to have this reoccurring dream where I was friends with Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. And I remember it would be dreams where, like, it'd be a weird dream where, like, Freddy, the one that pops out in my head the most that always makes me laugh is I remember that we were friendly and Freddy was trying to impress a girl. So he said, let me scare you, Matt. And then this girl will think I'm the man and and, and, and she'll, she'll be my lover. And I'd play the game and be all scared, but we were, like, cool, you know what I mean? And it's kind of like that vibe where it's like, you can pretend to be cool and think that you're cool with like that negative energy all you want. But at the end of the day, dude, that negative energy is a trickster, man. And it's going to trick you and it's going to get off on the fact that it tricked you out of all this good to do bad 
for nothing for at the end you're gonna be it's like people think that well if i do this i'll be you know i'll be uh, like i'll be in hell i'll be on a throne in hell looking over people being like haha stupid people me and my pal satan uh i'm gonna burn you up you know what i mean it's like it ain't that way dude even if you take satan out of it it's like that negative energy living a negative life it's like there's no really good outcome for it you know like we talked a lot about the hell thing is like i don't really know like you talk about like the heaven and hell type deal like i believe in the bible heaven's kind of like a streets painted gold and stuff like that and it's like yeah i always thought that was weird because it's material things like what value does gold have in an afterlife you know what i mean but in the same sense it's just like with 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 the with the, with the dark side of it it's like it ain't like what are you doing i just always i mean people can do whatever they want to do but i just always thought it was weird it's like so you're got you're kind of trying you're trying your hardest to get in with this dude that's known to snake you you know what I mean? He's known to snake every, but what makes you so special? Or it's ego. It's pride and ego right there. You know what I mean? It's like, what makes these people feel like they're so special that the devil going to be like, yeah, you're a good dude. You're a good bro, man. I want you right next to me, man. You did good. It's like, it don't happen that way. The devil realistically for what all he is and all I've known him to be is somebody that would love for you to play that part. So when you die or whenever you meet him, and you go, yeah, man, like, let's, let's have some fun, brother. Like the Bowtie Killer and the Prom Child. Be like, well, yeah, let's, let's have some kicks. And he's just like, okay, torture, torture, hate, you know, like, misery, misery, misery. It's like, I always found it so weird that people would be like, oh, yeah, dude, like, he's a bad guy and does all these terrible things. But, like, it's going to be different with me, man. It's going to be different with me. And it's like, nah, not so much. Not so much. What do you think about that, Rick? Well, I think that person's downfall is their own eagle because they think that they are going to play the devil and win. Uh, I'm, I'm going to play this guy. I'm going to move it. I'm going to put some moves on him. I'm going to get what I want. It's going to come out good for me. Uh-uh-uh. That ain't going to work. You're living in your ego over there. Yeah. Got to be careful. Got to be careful. You know, a lot of that comes back to that ego. It's going to mess you up over and over again. Which I think, we're, you know, by the end of this, we just we're, we're coming to a close in here. And I think that, you know, me and Ray both agree. Pride and ego is the devil is the center of the devil. You know, it's it's kind of the deal. You know, some people say, you know, take pride in things. What's your take on that? You know, you should take, you know, you take pride in your work. And stuff like that, you know, is there, is that, is that a negative thing? If you're, ver- if you're really proud of something you accomplished, is that a negative thing or a positive thing? Depends on how you express it. Yeah. But by that, I mean, if you've done something and it's good and you look at it and you say, this is good, I'm glad I did it. Or you say, yeah, good job. I wasn't sure I could pull it off. That's one thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. But if you turn around and you say, Hey world, I'm the best. Look at what I did. You ain't you ain't as good as me. Right. Once you start carrying it that extra step and holding it over people and you're getting into boasting and all that stuff, no. Because that, that just causes problems. Yeah. But um, feeling good about doing about doing the job well done and feeling good that you did it, nothing wrong with that. I'm with it, man. I agree completely hundred and ten percent. 
Well, I think we done we done got into just about everything that we could have on this episode, right? Great episode, man. Glad to be back with you, brother. Oh, uh, it's been feeling good. Yes, yes, yes. All right, we hope everybody out there enjoyed this episode. And uh, don't take our word for it, but, you know, if you're feeling like there's maybe a side for you to be on, maybe it's the lighter side of things. Maybe it's lean, lean a little bit towards the light or the positive side of things. And even if you don't, just be a good person. It all boils down with that. I've always thought that that was the big deal. You know, another thing with religion that I always thought was kind of a wild deal was the whole, you know, you got to be born again, at least in the Christian realm of it, you know, and I'm not saying who's to say who's right or wrong, but, you know, I, you know, it, it was always very disappointing to me to be told that you can have a person that's a great person goes out of their way to help everybody you know, show moves with love, you know what I mean? Tries to be a good deal. And, but just because they didn't say, you know, the sinner's prayer or whatever, that they're not going to go to heaven. I always thought that was kind of a bum deal because you'll see people that you'll see people that, uh, that, that live better, productive, you know, positive giving lives that maybe never said that they, you might see, you know, they live better, like better positive lives than people that have said the prayer. And it's like, yeah, I always, I always thought that was kind of a downer of the whole thing where it's like, man, I've known some really great people. And, you know, there's people that I don't know that are out there floating around being really great people, you know, actually bringing some chair, you know, making people happy to exist in this world with them. You know what I mean? And the fact that those people have to go to hell because they didn't do something, I always thought was a really, a really weird vibe on it, but I guess it's, it's that. What's your take on that in the, in the overall, you know, if, if somebody's a great person, not out to get the other one, they're just trying to live a peaceful life and bring whatever joy to the world and humanity that they can. What's your take on them getting into a heavenly state? Um, I would have to say, well, I would like to think, yes, there's there's no problem no problem there at all i don't think that they are going to go to hell there's an old uh, native american saying that mm-hmm. supposedly that uh when the white man came and there was i forget what the exact words were but there was a historian that actually traveled around with some Fran- franciscans and other people yeah and they, they were out west and they were talking to the natives and the natives basically said to them if you had not told us about your god uh, what what were the words? Oh, basically, what what they said was, if you had not told us about your God, we would not go to hell. Hmm. Interesting. But if we now that you've told us and we don't follow your God, we we are going to hell. It's it's something along those lines. But the whole thing was that they ended up with saying, "Then why did you tell us?" Hmm. They introduced hell, and if you don't buy what we're selling, then you're going to hell. And in typical native fashion, it's like, well, why the why the hell did you tell us? <laughs> no, no I, I I really don't. I really don't think that uh, the innocent and the good will be condemned. 
I'd 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 hope not. I, that was a question. I'm always a question guy, and that's I'd always ask people that uh, at church. I'd go, well, what what's up with these people that are good people that don't do the prayer? And they're only the answer that I always heard back was everybody will have the opportunity to get that prick. So I'm like, you know, so there's certain people that'll die without being approached by, you know, whether they want to take it or not, never even be approached by the opportunity to be able to kind of in the Christian world would be say the sinner's prayer. You know what I mean? To be saved. It's like, what about these people? You know what I mean? And the answer I always got back is everybody will have an, it's kind of a blanket statement that, you know what I mean? It's not really an answer. But the answer was everybody who maybe they will, you know, maybe, maybe who knows? Uh, I've been wrong before I heard, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I always thought it was interesting. It's, you know, there's no good people deserve good things. Uh, and even bad people deserve good things. That's what would change them to a good person. You know what I mean? Bad people are usually bad because they've seen too much bad in their life and. They've kind of lost hope on good or felt like good wasn't their way because they were treated a certain way. But I, I think everybody, for the most part, is born good. It's just the situations that kind of roll across their life mold them, much like anything, you know what I mean? But I like to think, you know, even and even those folks that are bad, to go back to the thing with like... a the what was a bill or whatever his name is there i know I, I murdered that name but the dude that even who was a bad dude that even he was forgiven in the end i, I kind of lean more towards that you know i've talked about the hell deal you know i think the, in the heaven and hell deal is more it's like a conscious thing you know what i mean it's like when you go if you lived a life that was a person that was garbage you know if you if you went out every day and were like how can i make somebody's life a nightmare how can i get over on this person um and it, that's even on the surface level there's people that go out there and go who am i gonna kill today who am i gonna rape today you know all these who am i gonna you know all these terrible things and i think those people i think when they die i think that they're kind of stuck in their head and it's like damn like i had i had an opportunity to be good and i wasn't now i'm kind of stuck with it i also vibe with hell's more of a, a torment like like i think that if you know if you do those things that i just listed i think that you're almost like faced forced to face those things happening to people that you care about which is complete torment like if you if you're uh, a christmas carol type deal where you're where you're sitting in the corner of a room and you're watching a loved one get murdered whether it's in reality or just something you're feeling in your head that's real is real i think that that's it and if you were someone that was a loner never had family or friends i think that that feeling that the, the people that love those people is is in your soul i think that that kind of possesses you and you gotta you own everything you do whether you get away with it whether you die and you get away with something in life i don't think you get away with it in death because i think judge jerry and executioner is yourself at the end of the day you know in the same way that if you're a good person and do good things and you go you leave knowing man i i gave it my all you know what i mean i i tried to be a good person i tried to bring positivity wherever i went like i think when they die 
I think they're left with knowing they accomplished something. It's like, yo, I did good. Like I, you know, I, I had, I had my little life to live. And in my little life that I lived, I tried to do more positive than negative. And I think that that piece comes with them. Uh, and who's to say, you know, I think that there's, I think there's almost like an energy ball, you know, and you go into the positive energy, you know, with loved ones, maybe even if your loved ones aren't there, you're seeing them there, you know what I mean? It goes back to that, the, the inserted emotions, inserted, you know, uh, positive stuff. And I don't know. I think it's just a weird deal. I think it's, it, you know, nobody knows till we get there, but I think that, uh, yeah, that was one. I always was bummed out by the fact that good people had to go to hell, but I don't think, I don't think so. Maybe that thing, the mental state I'm talking, the consciousness I'm talking about is maybe the purgatory or something, but hell yeah. Or hell no. You know what I mean? We won't go. That's how it goes. But I, right, Ray, man, this is a great episode. Always a pleasure. And oh, pleasure's mine. Good man. Good man. Good man. We want to thank everybody out there for listening. Uh, we're happy to be back in your Spotify's and your Apple's and your iHeart radios and mainly just in your ears. You know what I mean? We're happy to be here that you came back for another season. And uh, we got a lot of cool things popping off this season. So with that being said, everybody have a great day. And we'll catch y'all on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly. subject that is not quite ghostly that's why the show is called mostly ghostly